But it is this amazing little Denmark has put so much amazing design into the world. There is something to Danish design as something special. Welcome to The Sociable Kitchen, a podcast by Kvik. I'm Julie Broberg. As we discussed in our first episode, most people are familiar with Danish design classics like the egg and swan chairs from Arne Jakobsen or Jørgen Utzen's Sydney Opera House. If you haven't listened, you should go back and do so now. We'll wait. As a Danish design company ourselves, we wanted to dig a little deeper and figure out what it is that sets Danish design apart. In our quest to do this, we came across the Danish Design Council's Danish Design DNA, and that seemed like a great place to start. Back in 2016, the Danish Design Council teamed up with the Danish Design Center, the Royal Danish Academy of Architecture, Design and Conservation, and Design Museum Denmark, and decided to take a close look at Danish design and really get to the essence of it. The result was a mapping of the Danish design DNA, which was presented in 2017 when Aarhus was the European cultural capital. Industrial designer Lars Thursen was chairman of the Danish Design Council at the time, and we asked him how the whole project got started. Can we move to like the whole the Danish design DNA and mm-hmm. how all that came about and, right. and how it how it came to I mean Danish design is known around the world. It's it's the chairs, it's the lamps. But you saw a need for it being something more than that, right? I'm the former chairman of the Danish Design Council and the Danish Design Council arranges every year a trip uh, every second year it's in Europe and every other year it's uh, somewhere in the world. Every time we go on these research trips or study trips, we call them, to get inspired and see what is hot around the world, uh, within the design business, of course, we tend to visit the local Danish representative, that being a trade office or a consult, uh, consultancy. Oh, no, no, no. The uh, consulate. consulate. Consulate, yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> or an embassy. Yeah, right. Uh, and uh, for an unknown reason, the guy or woman, whoever, who is in charge of, of receiving these Danish design council that come visit, they tend to think that now they have to talk about design. And in most of these cases, we were crumpling toes and were a little bit, uh, you know, uh, okay, so when is this going to stop? And uh, some of us start talking about how, um, how that was not very good, that the way that they apparently were equipped to talk about Danish design were antiquated, simply. So we had to do something, and some of us started talking about that. Soon after we got home, we got formed a group, and uh, it was headed by Sune Kims from, uh, from Danish Design Council. We started thinking and phrasing and trying to get deeper into what is then the Danish DNA? What is, what is it that makes Danish design sp- special? So they set out to, on that endeavor, trying to put some values on it and seeing whether that could be recognized in a lot of the legacy of Danish design. And uh, through that came 10 values, and they're all uh, accessible on the homepage of Danish Design Council. Uh, everybody are free to use it, and I know that a lot of Danish design companies has used them, trying to uh, support their own case in terms of whatever project they were working with with a client, uh, that being Danish or an international client. 
The Danish design DNA is a set of 10 values that define Danish design. Danish design has a social, human, holistic rationale. Its approach is quality, user-driven, and transformative. And it's founded in craftsmanship and durability while being matter-of-fact and simple. If you want to explore it for yourself, you'll find a link to their website in our show notes. Suna Kims is the designer behind the human figure and the icons that are used to communicate the 10 elements. And we spoke to him about his involvement in the project. It was definitely a group effort. Of course it was. Uh, but I was maybe the one trying to summarize the discussions and trying to nail how can we communicate what the Danish design DNA. So we ended up with these 10 things categorizing. And I, I did the, the idea about relating them to a human being. So the f- fundamental stuff and the, the approach and the way we, we think about and the, the way, uh, a way of seeing things. So I was kind of, um, my role, role was to wrap it up in a way. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, and I did, and I, yes, I did, uh, the graphic design related. This very yeah. simple human figure. Yes. And icons related to, and, uh, we did an exhibition in Aarhus about the. Oh, during uh, the, the culture, the year was yes. the cultural capital. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, also just communication, finding the, the right photos and, uh, mm-hmm. yeah. So, so what would you say has has like happened with it since? It's interesting because there's there's all kind of issues to it. There's there's a communication issue that ten elements is a lot to remember. Yeah. It's it's a little bit strange because um and maybe that's also something Danish, I don't know, that it was kind of a little bit flavor of so last year. So, uh, so in my point of view, it's, it's something that should be integrated in the DNA for the design institutions, like the designs, the the designs and the, the school. Yeah. So referring to it uh, and actually revitalizing it and making it uh, making it live, making somehow. it live, yeah. uh, evolving it. Is it still relevant? Uh, yeah. why is it relevant and how can we keep putting new examples to, uh, so what are the new digital design or like experience design or system design or how, how does that relate to it? Mm-hmm. So it's, um, I don't know if you can say it is, is an orphan or, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, it sort it's, of requires to stay relevant and alive. It requires Yes. Working with it and evolving it and continuing the thinking. About yeah. It, in a way. Somebody has to love it. In Quick, we definitely love Danish design and we think that the Danish design DNA is indeed relevant and we will be exploring it further. We sell Danish design kitchens in more than 185 stores in 12 countries, so we think a lot about Danish design on a daily basis. In fact, we invented something that we call the sociable kitchen. It's not a particular kitchen design, but more of a philosophy for designing kitchens so that they fit into people's lives, both today and tomorrow. We talked about this concept with Lars Tursen. I think maybe where 
Quick did something that stood out and um, uh, in that kitchen business, which is a lot of commonalities, you could say, uh, not one ex more exciting than the other so much. But I think actually when they introduced, I don't remember when, but they came up with this Sam Taylor cooking. Yeah, the Sam Taylor I thought kitchen. that was really. That um, was in I, even at the time when it happened, this is t what, 20 years ago? It's 1998, or? 25 years ago. Well, there you go. <laughs> Good God, I yeah. am old. 25 <laughs> years ago. So, anyway, I just remember when it came out. I thought it was um, elegantly put and also uh, well seen that that is, that is what a kitchen is or should be. Is something where we meet and greet and uh, it's social. And, and, yeah, it's social, <laughs> yeah. and that is the whole point. But putting these two words together, Sam Taylor Kirken, I thought was uh, well seen, well done, uh, a way of differentiating oneself, and also uh, trying to grasp the the essence of what a kitchen is. We all know it's for making food, but today it is not for survival. It is also for sociable uh, greetings and meetings and, where you have and, your and your friends and where... family. And, mm. and so there's a lot of, uh, of social elements in that kitchen today, much more than when it was hidden away and it was some old-fashioned... separate little room. And, yeah, yeah, and something that we did not want to show because that was where all the cooking and... and the Dishes and uh, the pots and pans. And <laughs> all that went. So you want to sort of keep that away and sit in a dining room and only look at good things while, <laughs> while eating uh, and being together. So I hope that they can carry on that uh, way of thinking and that way of grasping into a soul of what Danish design is. The Danish word for the sociable kitchen, samtelkuggen, actually became so popular it entered the lexicon and you can find it in the Danish dictionary today. We loved it so much we even trademarked the term in 11 languages. In the next episode, we'll take a closer look at the strands of the Danish design DNA and we hope you'll come along for the journey. Episode 3 is in the feed, so go ahead and binge it now. And please hit subscribe so you don't miss out on our future episodes. If you'd like to learn more about the Danish design DNA or see any of the designs we mentioned in this episode, just visit our website. You'll find a link in the show notes. Thank you for listening. The Sociable Kitchen was produced this week by me, Julie Broberg, and sound engineer Maunus Vell. Special thanks to everyone who appeared in this episode, Lars Thursen and Suna Kims from the Danish Design Council. Additional recordings were done at Mastertone Studio in Copenhagen. Our logo was created by our own graphic designer and brand guardian, Hella Kro. Our theme music was created for Quick by Lucas Lunerskop. Produced at Feedback Studio in the old meatpacking district near the harbor in Aarhus.